if people were going to go on um, like tours through like the national parks, it's definitely to have a guide because you will not see these creatures if you're trying to look for them yourself. Um, they, they know exactly where to live. I'd recommend reading a book called What Has Nature Ever Done For Us um, by Tony Juniper. And in the book, he talks about that remarkable story of uh, Costa Rica. This is episode 40 of The Travel Podcast. If you love traveling to incredible destinations, hearing insider tips and being inspired to try new ways of travel, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to this episode of The Travel Podcast, where we are escaping to my favorite place on earth, Costa Rica. In this episode, I'm joined by two very important guests today. I've got Rebecca and Sarah. Welcome to the both of you. Hi. Hi. Sorry, guys. In this episode coming up, we've got whitewater rafting. We've got Lucy the Sloth. And we've also got more about how Costa Rica became ranked among the world's best ecotourism destinations, which I know we're all really excited to talk about. But before we do any of that, I wanted to ask you guys, have either of you seen the latest David Attenborough series? Absolutely. What did you think of it? What were your thoughts? Um, yeah, the, the one called Extinction, I believe, because he's, he's done a few, uh, David, good old David Attenborough. But um, yeah, the Extinction one was really interesting because they linked it very much to um, the fact that, you know, nature is so important and we're not independent to it and how, you know, the recent pandemic is linked to our destruction of nature and why it's important that we start taking care of it properly um, from here on. So it was it was linked to the, the recent pandemic. And I think that's what was so interesting to people about it. Definitely. I think anything David Attenborough does is just amazing. And he's like perfect, like Sunday viewing as well. So have you watched any really good travel programs recently at all? Just just a few of them, but I, I always get so obsessed with watching them that I need to book myself a holiday to each different at each destination that I see. Um so it's quite dangerous for me really. I know what you mean. It is exciting, like seeing new destinations on programmes, then you do want to go there. I had that quite a lot. There's one on Netflix that I watched recently, which was Down to Earth. Um, so that one was actually with Zac Efron, but it was quite interesting as well. And it created a big buzz on social media. Rebecca, have you watched, did you watch, I think we spoke about it actually. Yeah, the, the down to earth one, it was two guys, um, a guy that was really interested in nutri- nutrition, I think it was. And then, like you said, Zac Efron, and they traveled to different places um, and kind of looking at a different approach to things. So they focused on water in Paris and they focused on renewable energy in, was it Iceland? Yeah, it was. I think that was the first first episode, that one. Yeah, it, it was a good series, absolutely. Um, there was definitely some critics of it. Um, they've definitely voiced their um, thoughts online. But, you know, overall, it had some good, you know, topics and it was a bit different from what we usually see. Definitely. And there's been, there's obviously loads of programmes flying around at the moment, but the one that I was waiting for to come out again was Jack Whitehall's Travel With My Fathers. That oh, one, I love it's so good. It's obviously got the comedy value and you do get to see a little bit about like the destinations they go to, but hand in hand together, it's just so good. Very funny. Did you watch the newest season that just came out that we went to Australia? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, when they went to Uluru. Yes. And where they stayed looked absolutely amazing. You could literally sleep out on the balcony looking over Uluru at night. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. I'd love to stay there. 
definitely right so we should probably talk about Costa Rica now which is why we're here um so I've actually been lucky enough to visit Costa Rica twice Sarah I know you visited before haven't you how many times have you been yeah just the once I went last November awesome and and I'm sure we'll hear more about that later in the episode and Rebecca you haven't been before but is it somewhere that's sort of on your bucket list of places to go absolutely um it's actually at the top of my bucket list um I think every sort of eco-conscious traveler out there has Costa Rica in their sights really I think it's about something like half a million different species of animals and plants so it's kind of real nature lover's paradise Um, And it's actually quite interesting because they're aiming to be the world's first carbon neutral destination in the world. Um, They're generating about 99% of their energy through renewable energy sources. So it's absolutely on the top of my bucket list. Awesome. And we're going to find out more about the ecotourism a little bit later in this episode. Um, But Sarah, you went end of last year. What was your trip like? Can you tell us a little bit about what you did, what you got up to? Yeah, so I went, um, actually went on a small group tour last November and um, visited a few of the the main places that I wanted to see and tick off. Um, We started in San Jose, so I had a little walk around um, the main capital. Then we went um, to a coffee plantation and there's there's a lot in the region, but this was in between uh, San Jose and uh, La Fortuna Arenal, which is towards the, the cloud forest. And um, yeah, just got to experience like how they produce coffee and um, got to try some for ourselves as well, obviously. Um, and then we went to La Fortuna and Arenal, which is in the, um, the rainforest. And um, there was are some amazing sights to see. So there was um, Nafortuna Waterfall, which you had to go down like 500 steps to get down to the bottom of it. Um, there was natural hot springs. Uh, loads of the hotels around there actually have hot spring pools um, within the resort. So there's like swim-up bars um, whilst you're also in a lovely warm pool, which is really cool. But there's also some natural ones as well. Um, and like the main feature of like Aranel was Lake Aranel, which has a big volcano, the Aranel volcano. And I actually done them um, three hours of stand-up paddleboarding across the lake, which was really, really fun. Um, I did ache a little bit. I did, to be fair, I got the guy to pull me along for a little bit, which is quite <laughs> funny. Um, and then from there, we, <laughs> we went over to um, Monteverde, which is higher up in the cloud forest. And that's where we done like a we done a night forest walk and they showed us loads of creatures uh, that are just hiding away. Um, so we saw like tarantulas, snakes, sloths, um, loads of frogs and birds, tons and tons of birds. Um, and we also done the obvious thing that I think you have to do when you go there is zip line in. Um, then like the hanging bridges, that like, walking above the canopies was just incredible. And and then we finished off down in uh, Manuel Antonio, which has got the uh, Manuel Antonio National Park. So we we had a guided tour around there. Saw so many creatures again. Saw sloth. One walked out in the road in front of us, um, which was really cool to see. It was it was so near to us, but it didn't feel scared of humans. Um, and then we just like chilled on the beach, and I had a few days on my own um, in a really luxurious hotel with like an infinity pool um, to just end the trip off and then back to San Jose. But yeah, by far one of the best places I've ever been and it was top of my bucket list for last year as well. So I'm so glad I managed to pick it off. 
How long did you go for? That's quite a lot to fit in, isn't it, to a trip? How long was it you were there for? Um, It was about 10 to 14 nights. That's good then. So you've managed to have quite a bit of time there. Um, it's funny actually you say about the stand-up paddleboarding getting towed along because I went kayaking there as part of the hotel and we got a little bit tired coming back and we got towed along as well back to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I also sat on the sea though and it was quite hard work. It does ache. It aches your legs, definitely. It really does. Especially after you've done all those activities and like you can go and do the hiking and things. So I kind of did some different activities in different areas to you, but like the same kind of style. So we did like the hiking and and went up a non-active volcano. So you could actually like walk around and they had like sulfur pits that you could go walk past and the smell was awful. Um, and the hike was about like, four or five hours long and a snake crawled out like I was in front and a snake had crawled out well not crawled they don't crawl slithered out in front of me um which was so like bewildering I mean don't get me wrong it wasn't like an anaconda or anything it was like a small bright red strange one but the animals over there are absolutely mad just things obviously we're so shut off from um like over in the UK and I suppose other places that people may be listening from but the animals over there are absolutely incredible and you mentioned the sloth I know they are a massive drawing point for people going to Costa Rica and we actually went to a eco adventure park where they have like a rehab for the animals and one of the main ones there was Lucy the sloth um who you could go and see um, and it was the Diamante Eco Adventure Park, which was down in Guanacaste, which you can also do zip lining there as well. I know you mentioned that, which a lot of people do go to Costa Rica for. Um, but they're home to like a large variety of animals in need. So some of them, um, some of the animals in care have been born in other wildlife management programs. Um, others are rescued and they're placed into their management as well. And they're not fit for life in natural environments. They're cared by by a team of like qualified and dedicated professionals I feel like that's definitely a place to recommend people to go um you don't obviously get to touch or get up close and personal with the animals or anything like that but you can see how well they're cared for and looked after over there which is really lovely to see um and then you can tie in like the adventure park and go do the zip lines and everything what did you think of the zip lines Sarah? Oh I was so I'm a bit of a wimp usually but I thought I have to do this um, so yeah, I got up there, and after the first couple of goes, I loved it. It was it was amazing. On the last one, it was kind of you had to lie flat and have your arms spread out, so you were literally flying like a super chica, they called it. Um, so yeah, it was incredible, absolutely you, amazing. On your zip by a bit, so mine might be a little bit different. But you had to like hook yourself on every time, and that really scared me that my life was like balancing in my hands. <laughs> Um, they, they hooked me on but I think it was a case of like having to slow yourself down on the rope above you which um yeah it kind of worried me but get used to it you do it is after like the first one or two you kind of really start to love it is it something you'd want to do Rebecca would you be flying through the rainforest as well absolutely it sounds incredible I I, I want to go there now um yeah I've done a bit of zip lining in uh Canada um in Whistler which was incredible but I can imagine in Costa Rica with the sort of jungle around you it's like even more immersive experience 100%. And there's so many different activities um, that you can do there, whether you're wanting like adrenaline or whether you're wanting to chill or depend, like depending on exactly what you want to do, 
we did a day where we had like five activities included. So we did the zip lining in one of them. Um, but we actually did whitewater rafting in the afternoon. Has either of you done that before anywhere in the world? No, I'm pretty much the chicken. <laughs> yeah, I have actually. I did whitewater rafting. Uh, I think it was grade five, the worst grade you could ever do uh, in New Zealand. Um, and when we were whitewater rafting, um, a cow that was drowning actually went past us. That that was how ferocious the river was. Um, how was it in Costa Rica? I mean, there weren't any cows floating past, but it was still pretty traumatic. We didn't sign up for that. We thought we were doing tubing. Um, and when we got there, they said that we couldn't do tubing because like, the river we were going to do it was too rough. Um, so we had to do whitewater rafting and honestly I could have cried where we'd gone we'd done like a trail up to it and there was just no way to get back so I had to do it and I remember they said because I was the smallest one I had to sit at the, like the front It because ours wasn't like a full you can get like the bigger ones like 8-10 people ours were a bit smaller it kind of looked like a kayak so I was really confused as to how we were going to do whitewater rafting um, and I just remember them saying like when you get underwater like, don't try and struggle. Like, you'll come back to the top. There's a rope to grab. And I just thought, there's no way I'm coming out this boat. I will hold on for dear life because I'm not coming out this boat and going into rapids. Do you um, know what grade it was? No, I have no idea. I generally could barely remember it. I think I've blocked most of it out. When it finished and we got to the end, I literally, like, hugged my friend and had to sit on the floor because it's, I just wasn't expecting it whatsoever. Yeah, it's definitely an adrenaline seeker's activity. 100%. It is. We went down one bit and I, because I was at the front, the bottom, the front of the boat literally like top, touched the bottom of the river and we bounced back up again. And oh, I mean, it was good fun. It was a good adrenaline rush, but that was definitely one of those things where I've done it once and we'll probably never do it again. Cool. There's a thing called waterfall jumping as well that a lot of people do out there. So you like descend down the canyons and you jump down waterfalls. Looks so dangerous, but it's a massive, massive adrenaline rush that was really popular as well. Definitely. There's just so much you can do there. Um, I don't know if either of you have you looked at Tamarindo. Did you get a chance to go kind of that side at all, Sarah? No, I was I was down south. So. It's like an amazing kind of like beach resort. It's kind of like Australian style, how you think it would be. Um, it's super chill and um, it's where they all go surfing. Um, and it's just these little beach bars um, right along by the water as well. And it's a full local town. So you've got the markets there where you can go and get the fresh fruit and veg. And in the evenings, they've got like a little bit of like people just wandering around doing music and things like that. So it's super chill area if you're wanting somewhere to kind of relax after your 10, 11 days of adrenaline fueled activities that was the place to kind of go and chill. Um, and the surfing there looked incredible as well. Didn't quite get a chance to do it, but definitely something to add on to there. So are there any other cool activities that you've seen in Costa Rica on like on your trips that people spoke about at all? Um, just if people were going to go on um, like tours through like the national parks, it's definitely to have a guide because you will not see these creatures if you're trying to look for them yourself. Um, they, they know exactly where to look and they give you this massive lens you can see through the lens and if you um you obviously want to take pictures to like remember it by but they're, they're really really good they'll take your phone and they'll get that that shot it's perfectly clear and um, so you can remember all the little creatures you've seen um so that was a must i've done horse riding as well which was lovely amazing that's a good top tip there as well make sure you're having a guide and what was the weather like when you so you went in november didn't you what did you think the weather was like when you went yeah it's kind of the um end of the rainy season um so it was 
feel like beautifully hot, but obviously in the cloud forest, it's going to rain because you're so high up and you need it to be wet to be so luscious. So yeah, there was some rain, but you just got prepared for that and you'll be fine. Like it's just, it's going it's to happen. So I think you probably agree with me as well. The rain sometimes is quite welcome because of how hot and humid it can get there. But actually having a yeah. massive downpour isn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah, exactly. You just need your raincoat and you're fine. Yeah, definitely. I did. I went. I did a week in um, September, and we literally had a glorious sunshine the whole time. And I went back a month later, and it rained for literally like seventy five percent of the trip. But you can still go out and do things, like you said, Sarah. Like yeah. when you're going up in like the cloud forest and things like that, you need the downpour. You need the rain there to be able to see everything. So yeah, I think definitely. You, go, you can go whenever really. Um, that actually leads us quite nicely into something that I know Rebecca is super excited to talk about, um, which is the ecotourism. So I'll let you take over this bit, Rebecca. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Costa Rica is actually ranked among the world's best ecotourism destinations. Um, but something that I was kind of interested to find out more about was had it always been that way? Um, you know, when we see pictures of Costa Rica, it's this green, luscious place. And interestingly, when I did some research, it hasn't always been that way. Um, in fact, Costa Rica once had the highest deforestation rate per capita in the whole world. Um, once upon a time, they were burning vast stretches of rainforest. And it's quite surprising to hear um, when you look at it today. Did either of you know that before you went there? I knew a lot about the ecotourism and something that um, they kind of taught you a lot about when you were over there. Um, and something that I'd looked into, but not quite to the extent like that you said. Did you, Sarah? I know that they were doing a lot to preserve it and to keep it being like the top, like such a large biodiversity and um, sustain it really well. And they don't want tourism to, to ruin it. So they are being very good in terms of like and not having so much plastic. You can refill your water bottle in so many places. Um, so, yeah, they're doing a massive effort to, to, hate, to help keep it that way and um, so it doesn't go back to how it was but are you surprised that, to hear that they once had the highest deforestation rate per capita in the world definitely if you look at how where they are now you wouldn't think that's how they started absolutely yeah. well basic basically what happened was back in the 1970s there was a huge demand for beef in the u.s uh, due to the growing fast food industry and that put pressure uh, on Costa Rica to clear a lot of their forests for agriculture and for cattle. Um, whereas when you look at it today, ecotourism has become one of the most important sources of revenue for Costa Rica. So it's quite, quite a turnaround story. Um, and in, if you're interested in finding out more about that, I'd recommend reading a book called What Has Nature Ever Done for Us um, by Tony Juniper. And in the book, he talks about that remarkable story of, of Costa Rica. I love to read that. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely really, really good one. I think it really puts a sort of shining light on how Costa Rica can maybe show to other tourism destinations that there isn't, you know, it's not lost hope for our planet or for nature, but the fact that, you know, we really rely on nature and it's healthy aside to control our climate, to regulate disease. You know, we rely on it for the food we eat. So it's definitely a recommendation um, and a really great book. 
Um, and you can definitely learn more about how Costa Rica came from one of the highest deforestation rates per capita in the world right through to where it is today. It is interesting when you think about it and they could really lead the way, like you said, for other countries to follow suit and kind of be a trailblazer for the way that we need to move forward um, and following Costa Rica's footsteps. Absolutely. Awesome. And so, Rebecca, obviously you're quite clued up on this subject. Would you say that if you're going to Costa Rica and um, everything you do, it's going to be sustainable um, and that that's just the way of life over there? Sorry, was that a question? Yeah. So would you say like if I... If someone was looking to go to Costa Rica, no matter what they were doing, whether they were going on like a tour, if they were going to go stay at a hotel, is everything over there like quite sustainable wise? Um, I think there's no guarantee um, with every visit to Costa Rica that it's bound to be a sustainable one. It's really down to the traveller. Um, the term ecotourism can feel like a bit like an oxymoron, really. You know, if a place is so beautiful to begin with, you know, there is a is there a way to come as a tourist to a place like that without disrupting or damaging the environment that made it so special in the first place? You I mean, eco travel is, you know, a, a, an amazing subject that I have a huge amount of passion for. But you can never be 100 percent sustainable in everything you do. But there are certain things you can do that make a real difference. Yeah, I found when I was out there that they are actually really well geared up for tourism in the way that like you can you can travel to different destinations quite easily with shared either shared private transfers or a go on the buses as bus and bus routes um, to most of the main destinations. So trying to cut down on like car emissions there. But I also found like refilling your water bottle in every place that you didn't buy plastic bottles was key in like, every hotel that I went to and I was there. Absolutely. So yeah. kind of bringing that bottle with you um, to keep yeah. refilling. Or did they provide you with one, Sarah? Uh, I had my own one. Oh, perfect. We had the same at our hotel as well. They were really big on that. Um, and they had refillable uh, stations around the hotel, which was really great. So I always just took my own one, like Sarah, um, and you can fill it up as you go. But you can tell, like, even talking to the people that work at the hotels and the people you meet along the tours um, and on your activities, they're so passionate about what they do um, and sharing that knowledge with other people, which is really amazing to see as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I obviously haven't been there, so I haven't experienced that. But I, I've heard very similar things. You know, there's a real focus on on ecotourism over there, and that's you know how they've become ranked one of the world's best. But um, there's definitely sort of a few tips. There's sort of five key ways um, you could really think about your travel. If you were going to go to Costa Rica, what would you think about to be more of an eco traveler or to make it more sustainable? Shall I go through a couple of ideas? Um, Lauren? That would be great. Know a little bit more about them and what we can do um, and encourage other people to do as well. Absolutely. So um, sort of five tips, really. The first one is before you um, plan where to stay, I would suggest redoing your research or, you know, if you're working with a travel consultant, get them to kind of tell you a little bit more about the lodge or hotel um, that, that that you're going to look to stay in. You know, do they have an eco approach? Is it on their website? Um, if they do, great. What what actually are their eco practices? Um, and that's why I actually first started an eco travel blog of my own, because I really felt there wasn't much information um, on the eco practices of a place out there. And it's sometimes a bit difficult to find. But if you do a little bit more digging around or ask your travel consultant to do that, you could definitely find out whether a place, a hotel or a lodge or a resort has that eco approach within their kind of vision and ethos. So that would be kind of like my first tip, really. 
Definitely. Like you said, you're like you're if you're working with a consultant and someone like Sarah, they can help um source these for you and give you a little bit more of an idea as well, um, which is really great. So it's always good to speak to someone in the know. Absolutely. Um, so the second tip uh, would be to really stay with a local company. So maybe ask your travel consultant, you know, whether there is a local co- company there that you can go with rather than a kind of a big, massive franchise, because no one will um, actually be invested in the area and the community like someone who lives there. So like a family or something. And there are some incredible eco lodges in Costa Rica um, that are really working to regenerate the environment, work alongside nature and really protect the wildlife. Um, And, you know, from the research I've done, again, I appreciate I haven't been there, but that's where you really find those authentic experiences. And I've had the privilege over the last few years to get to know really well uh, an ecologist called Finca Luna Nueva. Um, And they're one of the best ecologists in Costa Rica. And they're so genuine and passionate about protecting the area and protecting the wildlife and working with the local community. Um, but there's also one called La Poa Rios, which is voted one of National Geographic's most unique lodges in the world. Um, and they also appear to be quite eco in approach. Have you guys heard ever of those two? No, but I, I would say that companies like where I, I went on a small group tour with their G Adventures, and they actually give a large percentage of their profits back to the local community. And you go and visit the local businesses and like donate and buy products from them, and such as the coffee. And yeah, I think they're an excellent way uh, to show other companies what to do in terms of like giving back to the local community. Hundred percent, I agree with you, Sarah. Um, so yeah, and then really just going on to the kind of third quick tip is really just get to know the locals and find out how they respect the in the environment. Um, I watched a couple of videos actually about a couple of locals from Costa Rica talking to tourists saying to them to stop collecting shells from the beach as a lot of the crabs actually reuse them year on year. Um, and they were saying to tourists, you know, if you're going to pick up anything at the beach, pick up trash, but not shells. Um, they were also advising them, um, a couple of the locals, to, to people to stay on the path and avoid touching things. You know, look at it, enjoy it, but don't touch stuff. And, and maybe just consider your impact whenever you're trying to do something, whether it's, you know, being on a jet ski or, you know, could you go on a, on a bus with a group, like Sarah said, rather than just getting your own car. So just kind of respecting what the locals, how they approach things and maybe trying to reflect that. There's a perfect yeah, which is leave nothing but footprints, which I think ties in nicely with the ethos of Costa Rica. Yeah, no, definitely. Did you guys get a chance to connect with any of the locals when you were there? So I spoke to a few and matches down in Tamarindo, which is like the super chill area to go. Um, and actually the hotel I stayed in spoke a lot to the staff and on the weekends, um, locals were actually allowed to come into the hotels and use the facilities. And it was something they were doing as a way to give them back to the local community for allowing them to actually build the hotel. Um, it's like our hotel was the only one in the area was surrounded by like rainforest, but they wanted to do something to give back to those that had allowed them permission to have their hotel there. Um, so they let them come in at the weekend. So it was quite nice speaking um, to the locals when they came in, actually, and getting to know a little bit more about sort of the area and a bit more behind Costa Rica. Wow, that's really interesting. Sounds lovely. Cool. Yeah, so uh, fourth tip um, would be to avoid places of over-tourism or places with crowds. Um, maybe even consider travelling off-season. 
Um, there's a travel writer called Doug Lansky. I'm not sure if I've pronounced that right. Um, I don't know if you guys know him, but he actually calls it unbalanced tourism. Um, there's a TED talk called How to Save Tourism from Itself. And it's so interesting to hear what he has to say. And it's all about, you know, the, the concept of over-tourism and how we can kind of balance it out a little bit more rather than generate crowds, which can create more impact. Um, and National Geographic actually says one of the easiest ways to help protect popular sites or destinations to elevate that pressure is actually to abandon the beaten path. I think that's never been more relevant than now, to be honest with you. Obviously, we're recording this um, in the COVID pandemic time, um, but the travel trends that are coming out for next year are people sort of traveling longer and lingering longer and doing more things off the beaten path. Um, rather than like your massive tourist hotspots and like Sarah said with the tour that she did with the small group tour that goes back into the locals people are wanting to do that kind of travel more so I think that ties in really nicely um, with like the quote from National Geographic. Absolutely Um, and I really recommend that TED talk it's one of the best I've ever seen if you love travel tourism but also you know want to protect our planet as well um, it's, it's such an interesting talk so you're absolutely spot on, Lauren. I think there's a, a move towards that now. Um, and it kind of ties quite nicely with the final tip, really, um, is kind of that concept of slow travel. Um, and, you know, as, as an eco travel enthusiast, my sort of fifth and biggest tip is really to slow down um, and actually better than slow down, just stop. Um, kind of put down that checklist of to-dos. A couple of eco-property owners say that to me, what they advise to their guests. And they say, put down that list of to-dos, switch off your phone and take that time to listen to the rainforest rhythm, unwind to the sounds of birds singing or just the sound of the ocean. I think in our modern world, we have to really consciously disconnect to actually reconnect Um, And maybe not just thinking about how to get that best selfie, but maybe really taking that time to connect with what's around you. Um, And that's all down again to that, that, that trend that's coming through, which is kind of a slower travel. I definitely think that's doable in Costa Rica. I was definitely able to switch off and like just listen to the birds, watch the birds above me, like see soft in there, like just absolutely switch off and just be like at one with nature. It's definitely a place to go to definitely escape the real hustle and bustle of our, our normal life. I agree with you, Sarah. It's a perfect place for like a digital detox as well. Um, I know on my first morning there, obviously with jet lag and everything, I was up at five o'clock and just sat on the balcony and you could literally just hear like all the um, all the animals. So we had howler monkeys where we were. You can hear the birds. Um, you could also hear the raccoons the night before as well, which wasn't as fun. Um, but actually hearing all the noises in the morning was so lovely. Um, and it kind of just brings you back to where you are in the moment and kind of grounds you a lot more absolutely no it sounds incredible and I just can't wait for my opportunity to get there so um but yeah in summary those five quick tips are you know before you think about where to stay you know do your research do they have an eco approach look at staying with a local company or with a local tour provider um, get to know the locals and how they respect the environment and follow their practices. Avoid places of crowds, maybe consider traveling off season. And finally, slow down and really disconnect to reconnect. And they would be my five top tips. They were great top tips. They really told me because you can't talk about Costa Rica and not talk about the ecotourism because it is such a driving force of why people do want to visit there and understand it um, a lot more. 
which is quite prevalent in when you actually get there and you can see and you talk with the locals and see how everything runs over there. Um, I know, Sarah, you mentioned on like the tours where you got to interact a little bit more, but what was it like in the hotels or the accommodation you stayed in? Did you feel like you were in Costa Rica or did you feel like you could be in a hotel anywhere in the world? Oh, yeah, they were quite traditional. Yeah, they're really quaint and lovely settings. The staff are so, so friendly. Um, clean water as well, actually, that's a plus. But you can actually drink their tap water. It's really, really clean. So you didn't have to worry about, um, about getting your water. Um, but yeah, hotels are beautiful. I stayed on the last three nights in a really luxurious hotel in um, Manuel Antonio that had an amazing infinity pool that just looked over the um, the rainforest canopy and the ocean and that was spectacular one of the best places I've stayed um, but everything was really unique really lovely decor and um, yeah I would definitely you, you definitely feel like you're in Costa Rica or you've got like Spanish influence and um, not like a general basic hotel anywhere else in the world the last hotel does sound amazing though especially after you've sort of done like 10 busy days it's always nice to kind of treat yourself and um, once you've done all that so I'm going to go around um obviously Rebecca you haven't been before but you've kind of given us our five top tips for um if you're wanting to look a little bit more into having an eco trip and um, when you get there Sarah have you got any tips at all for anyone who's looking to go to Costa Rica I'd say if you're looking to go to Costa Rica, you definitely need to visit at least three places. You can't, I feel like you can't just fly and flop there. You have to experience it properly. Um, definitely either going on a small group tour is really good or just having it planned out by someone so you know like where you're going next. Um, but it, it's super friendly for tourists. So um, it was, it's not daunting or anything. But um, yeah, definitely go to more than a th- at least three places. I'd say. I agree with that. You've definitely got to travel around a little bit. Obviously, it's such a big and diverse country. You need to be able to explore more than one area when you go there. So I think my top tip would probably be the same as Sarah. But also, if you are going to do your water activities, get a waterproof phone holder. Because we took that oh, when we yes. did a lot of activities. And that definitely is need a waterproof phone holder. Yeah, that's a great time for getting the one good selfie as well. I know, like I said, we, we shouldn't be when we go there to visit, but that's the one good time to get it once you survived your white water. Yeah, it's creating memories, definitely. Awesome. And Becca, have you got another top tip at all? Or do you think your five eco ones are kind of the best ones to go with? Uh, no, I don't think any more top tips. It was really interesting what Sarah said about being able to drink the, the tap water there, um, because that's linked to the fact that they have so many trees uh, and trees really help us to filter and clean water and um, so it's just really interesting to hear because I've read so much about the trees and the benefits of leave the trees standing rather than cut them down and one of those benefits is being able to drink the water um, straight from the tap and one of the um, eco property owners that I know from over there actually said that she drinks it from the stream because it's so clean oh wow yeah and I'd say as a person that usually has quite sensitive stomach when I go abroad I was absolutely fine with this tap water so definitely recommend just drinking their tap water <laughs> it's actually probably a lot cleaner than the water you'll drink in London or places like that yeah probably pesticides in it fertilizers they've got chlorine in it 
that's all been found in it. A place in Costa Rica, the waters, you know, it's it's because they protect the nature and therefore it's better for everyone. Massive thank you to our two special guests today um, and thank you to our listeners. Don't forget to check out our previous episodes, which you can find on the travelpodcast.com. And if you've loved this episode, make sure you give us a five-star rating. Thank you all. 